a lamb and listen in. We've got a lot to say. Hi, hello, hey. I'm Rachel. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to... Wow, I liked that one. Thank you. I added a little spice. Well, she added spice. She added a little bit of spice. So last night I went over to Anthony's house and his roommate was watching this movie. And so I sit in and I'm and I'm also sitting down to watch. This was the most disturbing movie I think I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of like creepy weird movies. But movie? this movie, Saltburn. Saltburn? Yes. What was it about? It's a whole mind fuck. And like, it, you'll just have to watch it. And if any of you have watched it, please go over on Instagram and message me because it was so disturbing. Like, oh. I can't even describe it to you. You just, you'll just have to watch it. I like I'm a mind fuck. Is it gory though? No. Oh, okay. Well it's, then I'll watch it. I'll tell you bits and after we get off the podcast, I'll tell you more about it. But but some of the stuff in it is a little bit. I don't want to say anything on here. <laughs> is it on Netflix? Um, uh, maybe. I think so. Okay. It has a it. Jacob, Jacob Elordi in it. You know who he is? No. Oh, he's that guy in Euphoria that's like. Oh, wait, which guy? Out. The really tall one. The tall jock guy? The brunette. Oh, man. His character is disgusting. Oh, yeah. His character in this movie is not. Oh, okay. But he's in it, and he's he does a phenomenal job. He's a multifaceted it's, man. He is. But it. I'm still thinking about it today. Wow. Okay, I really want to watch it now. I love movies like that. Like, I'm. there's just some parts of that movie that I'm still like, ooh. That's <laughs> gross. So, anyway. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you about that, because... Before we started recording, I was like, I have to talk to Maddie about this movie. It was so disturbing. Well, you know how much a girl loves a disturbing time. I'm going to watch it and get back to you on the next episode. I think we're doing drinks and drama on that one, so I will report back. But on that note, I hope you've got your sea legs on today. I mean, I <laughs> wished. I, I I sang about it. I, I got um, cut this out. <laughs> I, I have the thoughts in my mind and I cannot vocally express them right now I had a whole like joke for you and it just is not coming out she's got scurvy <laughs> oh I was gonna say oh yeah I met with the sea witch and she gave me legs <laughs> that was yeah that was my I love the closure thank you that was good <laughs> well today we are talking about a tiktok a trend the north sea now are you on the north sea tiktok i have been i got sparked by this though because like the north sea has been popping up on my tiktok like nobody's business and it, it popped up on mine a couple weeks ago i got a bunch of stuff like i don't i don't know what happened to it but i just landed on that side of tiktok and i don't know what is so endearing about it it's just i think it's just the mystery and it's really like, I'll go into this detail, but the North Sea is really not the culprit of danger here in the ocean, as I'm sure you've uncovered. Mm -hmm. But it's just like TikTok will create something out of pretty much nothing. 
And I swear to God, it's just the same five videos circulating on TikTok. And I'm, oh, yeah. how, how is this happening? It, but it's yeah. gotten so much momentum. I am not the only victim. <laughs> well, it's the same with like ghost stories and, and like videos of ghosts. You know, I feel like the same story. And even last week when we talked about black eyed children, it was the same story over and over and over again. It really it was just what? through different other, like through different people's, you know, experiences or lack thereof. Lack, I was thinking the exact same thing <laughs> yeah i feel like this the ocean stories especially the north sea got blown way out of proportion every time i think of the north sea though i just think of elsa miss queen elsa and her traversing on her little water pony yeah <laughs> to find out who totally. she is and it was very dangerous in that too so why is there this false perception of the north sea i'm glad you asked because i'm gonna tell you so waves are generally higher than the North Atlantic or off the coast of Iceland. But the North Sea, just for reference, a sea is a smaller part of an ocean where the ocean meets land. So the North Sea is part of the Atlantic and the Arctic Oceans. Ugh, I burped, but it wasn't audible. <laughs> so mad. It. But since it's located between the two land masses, the British Isles and the European continent, it's classified as a sea. So it's basically the Atlantic and the Arctic, but it's between two land masses. All right, cool. It's like the this, more you know. Yeah, weird specific area of the ocean. Um, but I have the context from the TikTok perspective via the New York Times. Uh, and <laughs> the New York Times did an entire article on how TikTok caused all this craziness. So... It's a shallow and turbulent body of water. So it's really not that deep, which is interesting. Um, but one that like hundreds of thousands of ships traverse every year and without incident. So it's really not as dangerous as it seems. Waves can be high in the North Sea, but they're not the highest, said Sophia Cares. Okay, wait. Sophia Cares. She the expert in <laughs> wave conditions <laughs> at the Dutch Research Institute dealt hairs. And waves are generally higher in the North Atlantic or off the coast of Iceland, she said, not the North Sea. Other rougher seas can be found south of South Africa and south of Australia. And South Africa, I think, is also where a lot of ships go missing because of the turbulent conditions of the oceans. I've heard that before as well. So mm -hmm. waves in the North Sea can be around 65 feet high. And on very rare occasions, it can produce rogue or freak waves, which are waves that are much higher than the ones surrounding it. And there's a lot going on, like shipping, fishing, energy production, tourism even, and more. But that, she said, doesn't seem to be why TikTok is so interested. So there's all the, like, I'm sure you've seen them, slow motion videos of all the waves and the, yo. Ho. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm over here like in my house alone trying to get to these low vocals I know no but that's so true I get those all the time and it's not even just that it's not even just the North Sea it's like um it'll be like haunted houses or like what anything yeah with that sound stop it doesn't make any sense I don't know I don't know <laughs> Catherine said she had seen it in like just random videos, like someone walking into a restaurant. Like, yo, what? Oh, I'm like that. <laughs> this is out of context, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but the, here, it actually talks about the soundtrack because it's such an integral part of this whole concept on TikTok. The soundtrack to most of them is a remix of the ominous sea shanty "Hoist the Colors," made famous 
by one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, which I don't remember that being in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Do you? I also do not remember. Well, they didn't popularize it very well. TikTok took it and ran. So this song is on TikTok and it is called Hoist the Colors in parentheses bass singers version. And it's by one, two, three, four different people, which is why I feel like it's so endearing. You know what I mean? Like when it almost sounds like it sounds wrong in some parts because they harmonize at such a low vocal range. Mm -hmm. It is kind of a feat. I will say it's like it makes sense why people are so addicted to the sound and like the slow motion with the waves. I think it's just captivating. It's like good marketing. Yeah. But it's not the first time. It is kind of a bop. It is. Low key, it is. But I was listening to it. I was like, is it always this slow? Like, I was suffering a little bit. But I I feel like (laughs) I felt like a real seaman when I was listening to it on TikTok. A seaman? A seaman. (laughs) (laughs) There In 2021, apparently, there was not North Sea talk, but sea shanty talk, which I was not a part of. And it brought the sailors working songs of the 1850s into the modern era. And there have been cartel boat chases, daring rescues, reunions at sea, and God damn it, another silent burp. <laughs> and recently, <laughs> videos of boats traversing the dramatic looking Drake Passage. I have never heard of this en route Me to neither. Antarctica. Um, and yeah, the Drake Passage is like a, a whole thing. It, it just exists and people don't know about it because all they're doing is watching the North Sea talk. Same five videos. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my um a lot of my um content that I have is going to go along with the TikTok theme. Ooh, amazing. I, I feel like most of the things that I'm gonna talk about, usually they'll add that sound. Yeah. Over top of like images or like videos and something. Yes. Okay, great. So you can go after I finish this little New York Times recap of TikTok because that's a perfect segue. Okay. So like we said before, the North Sea is really busy. It's about 260,000 ships a year that pass through it. And that's only the Dutch portion of it. Um, And that is according to the Dutch Ministry of Infrastructure and Water Management. And there's a lot of websites that track the sea's traffic And in the Dutch part, there were 55 shipping accidents in 2022, but zero fatalities. So TikTok be starting some shit. Aren't they always? Always. And while modern navigation equipment has made collisions rare, they do happen. So I guess this is just poor planning or just, you know, happenstance. Um, In October, two cargo ships collided off the German coast leaving at least one mariner dead in 2012. Two container ships collided, causing one that was carrying cars and oil to sink off the Dutch coast, killing 11 people. And that was in 2012, for reference. So there's really not a lot of death happening here. And that's actually all I have. So now now to you, Chew. <laughs> oh, um, all right. So I did ocean legends, or like urban legends, um, myths, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, hmm... I'm going to read just this one and then you can I'll, I'll I'll turn it back to you because this one I see a lot on North Sea TikTok. All right. So, this is about the Kraken. Oh boy. Yeah. So, the terrifying Kraken was mentioned by a Norwegian king. I'm not even going to try and say his name. <laughs> in 1180 CE, many tales of the Kraken surfaced subsequently in the accounts of seafarers and pirates across the oceans, although the creature seems to have been based in the seas around Norway and Iceland. 
It was described as a crab-like sea monster with either tentacles or arms that could reach up to the top masts of sailing ships, and its gigantic body was sometimes mistaken for an island. This mythical sea monster aggressively attacked ships and either crushed them, capsized them, or pulled them down into the depths of the sea. Sailors were plucked from their ships during a voyage and eaten or just left to drown. Over time, the kraken took on a more squid or octopus-like appearance. In some descriptions, this sea monster has ten arms and in others, eight arms. In reality, both of these creatures have eight arms with suckers, and the squid has an additional two tentacles, um, which may account for the difference. It is thought that Norwegians saw bits of carcasses from dead specimens of these giant sea monsters washed up on their shores, and from there the legend spread. They were alternatively seen as both good and bad messages from God or messages from the devil. So, that's I'm, the Kraken. I'm drawing a picture of the description that you that you gave. And I gotta oh, say, I'm loving it. You should definitely post that on Instagram. <laughs> I'm really loving this. The Kraken is not what I expected it to be. I gotta say, it looks a lot like Mr. Krabs. Oh, yeah. He looks like a real big Mr. Krabs. I see the Kraken as a large squid-like creature. I'm not really sure why... I, I guess I'm wondering why they didn't just stick with the original description in the folklore, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting how this stuff kind of pops up, too, because it's like, you ever wonder if, like, Greg just went out to sea and was like, God, that was such a lame trip. Then he comes back and he's like, I got something that's really going to stir people up. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what happened. Or that, or they were, like, really sick. These people were probably, like, really sick. Oh, or- yeah you know like true like the witch dehydration yes yeah like the witches who were eating lsd bread Mm -hmm. yep 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 (laughs) he looks bored i'm sorry (laughs) i'm gonna draw him really bored (laughs) all right i'm passing it back to you okay so similarly i have stories that i guess are like supposedly true we actually talked about one of these i don't know if you remember but it was the um Gosh, what was she called? Was it the Mary Celeste? Yes, it was the Mary Celeste. Oh my God. I was going to talk about that. And then I was like, oh wait, Maddie talked about it in one of our previous episodes. Yeah, so I, I guess it was me. I thought it was you for some reason. But yeah, that actually went missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of that. the That was one of the big three topics I was going to talk about, but I decided against it. I know, I was like, I, this sounds really familiar, <laughs> but I picked some other ones. That's the most famous one. That happened in the Bermuda Triangle. So instead, I have some different stories that I think are, for the most part, true. These are just documented stories about people who have taken their ships out. So this one, <laughs> get buckle in, uh, trigger warning for cannibalism. But Cute. in 1844, an Australian lawyer looking to impress his fellow yachtsman back home purchased an aging but importantly British yacht dubbed the Minionette in England. There, he found a crew to sail the boat back to Sydney, and in doing so, he inadvertently secured the fates of four men. Thomas Dudley, Edwin Stevens, (laughs) Edmund Brooks, and Richard Parker. As the Minionette headed toward 
the Cape of Good Hope, a violent storm hit. Built of wood that had begun to rot, the yacht sank in a matter of minutes. Great. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) That's like my biggest fear is a sinking boat. What do you do at that point, right? So in their haste, the four seamen escaped to a four meter dinghy (laughs) with two tins of turnips, but no water. You know, seamen really does tend to escape, doesn't it? It it really does. (laughs) Makes its great escape. (laughs) <laughs> four meters so they i guess they had just some turnips and no water that kind of sucks <laughs> the dinghy drifted westward towards south america some three thousand kilometers away but without water the continent offered unlikely salvation days turned into weeks and the men grew increasingly feeble in such desperate circumstances sailors invoke the custom of the sea a grim proceeding in which men draw lots to decide who gets sacrificed for food so that his mates might survive I, this is Yikes. my this is the worst situation i can think of to be in yeah but rather than leaving it to chance captain dudley asshole and his first mate stevens <laughs> determined that parker a 17 year old orphan who'd become <gasps> delirious after drinking seawater was the obvious choice Dudley stabbed Parker to death with what I do not know, and the three remaining men dined on the young man's flesh. Disgusting. Just four days Ew. later, yeah, just four days later, a German ship rescued the survivors. So that's <gasps> a big slap in the face. Back in England, Dudley and Stevens were convicted of murder, which is so surprising, right? Though they were not the first seamen to resort to cannibalism. What made them distinct, however, was that they had abandoned the custom of the sea by choosing which man would be killed and eaten. A hubristic decision that defied the sailor code. But the survivor's tale of desperation ultimately elicited this public sympathy and Dudley and Stevens were spared the death sentence. For killing the teenager, they were served only six months in prison. (gasps) (laughs) That kid, that kid had a whole life ahead of him. It's crazy that he just And you went and ate him. It's... (laughs) Oh... Oh, my God. And four days later, they got rescued. That is so messed up. Like, bro, bro already has the short end of the stick. I know. He's an orphan, He's an orphan. (sighs) He is an orphan. And now you're going to eat him. Literally. Did they cook him at all? Or they just... I, that's what I want to know and equally do not want to know. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, uh. It feels wrong to talk about a child being. Right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it just, like, reading it is just, imagine being on that boat and just taking part in the whole thing, too. Which I is, wouldn't be able to. I don't think I could. I think I, I was reading this and I was like, I think I would rather just die of starvation. Yeah, same, same. I, I don't know what it, what pushes you to this point, you know, like, if there's, if you go crazy a little bit, but I think I would uh, rather die. Gotta say. I think, I think it is something psychological in your brain when you reach that point of hunger. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of times in history where people have resorted to cannibalism, but it's always been like some last resort. Yeah, I would thing. just rather be emaciated in my well-fed brain that I have right now. Uh, no, thank you. And yeah, I would do, I feel not. like I'm a person who would do a lot to survive. That's not one of them. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no. Um, back to you. We're not. We're <laughs> not pulling a Dahmer here. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. <laughs> that is how I feel. <laughs> 
All right, I'll I'll go for boats this time. Speaking of boats, so uh, I'm gonna talk about the most famous ghost ship, which you already know. It's the Flying Dutchman. Oh boy! And she disappeared, rounding the Cape of Good Hope in a storm in the mid 1600s. Hey, that's where mine was. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> According to the legend, the captain was cursed, and now his ship and crew must sail the seven seas forever. Mm. Though the ship disappeared in the mid-1600s, there have been reported sightings in both the 19th and 20th century. The most famous report came from future King George V of England in 1881. And this is a quote I'm guessing from, from him. I don't know. But it says, At 4 o'clock a.m., the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows. A strange red light as a phantom ship aglow. Thirteen persons altogether saw her. And that's all. That Wait, that's it? Just... Just the, they it. just saw the boat? Yep, that's the most famous sighting. What? That's it. But, I mean, it's said um, there have been reported sightings in both the 19th and the 20th century, but the only um, example I got was the most famous report from King George V. Hmm, interesting. I'm low-key obsessed with that concept of just, like, this random ghost ship in the middle of the ocean. I'm terrified of the ocean. Yeah, I, I remembered that about you. I was like, you don't really love going in the ocean. I would love to live. This is so, it's so, like, contradictory, but I would love to live at the beach. That would be such a dream for me, but I do not like to go in the ocean. I feel like a lot of people who love the beach don't love the ocean by any means. You know? I just love I love the smell and I like looking at the ocean, but I don't I don't like swimming in the ocean. I don't like ocean creatures. <laughs> well, it's really therapeutic the sand and the salt water and the sun for a lot of people, I think, but not for, for me, you. I just love the um the danger aspect of it all. <laughs> You're gonna end up on a buoy, and we're gonna, and everyone's gonna eat you. <laughs> no. <laughs> How dare you be an orphan? I'm literally after watching all this inundation of the North Sea on TikTok. I'm signing myself up to be on a cargo ship. Oh my god! In the god. North Sea, and be like, they're gonna be like, "Are you ready for this?" Be like, "Oh, oh yeah." Be like, I have done extensive TikTok research. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one's called Petrified Souls. <laughs> it's a good Whoa, opener. Love that. As it sailed down the Strait of Malacca between Sumatra and Malaysia in the late 1940s, a Dutch freighter called the SS Orang Medan set out a chilling distress call that the officers, captain, possibly the entire crew, were dead. An incoherent spate of Morse code followed, after which the ship's radio operator issued a final sign-off, quote, I die. What? <laughs> I know. Okay, when a U.S. merchant ship investigated, its crew found corpses strewn across the deck, their mouths fixed in grimaces, and their <gasps> eyes staring out, vacant. No survivors were found. As the U.S. ship began to tow the Orang Madan to port, smoke billowed from the freighter's hull. The merchant ship severed the line connecting the vessels just before the Orang Madan exploded and sank, burying the petrified Dutch crew in a watery grave. All evidence of the ship went down with them, allowing rumors to fill the void. In a bizarre letter dated 1959, the assistant to the director of the CIA claimed that whatever befell the Orang Madan could explain all of the unsolved mysteries of the sea. 
The myriad airplane crashes, the shipwrecks, the fiery spheres observed falling into and emanating from the ocean. It might be worth noting that the CAA, as if you have listened to the podcast diligently, had (laughs) been experimenting with LSD during this time to add to the mystery. No entry uh, exists for the Dutch ship in Lloyd's Register, which has classified large merchant merchant ships since the late 1700s. Without that key piece of information, conspiracy theories have taken hold. One claims that nerve gas developed in wartime Japan had been smuggled onto the foreign freighter by the Japanese military, where it leaked, killing the crew and eventually ignited. Others, in all seriousness, point to the fantastical ghosts or aliens who may have played a role in the demise of the Orangmadon's crew. But without any evidence of its existence, it is possible that someone simply made up the Dutch ship, its distress call, and the events that transpired on it. Perhaps someone from the merchant ship, which according to the Lloyd's Register, did exist. But regardless of whether or not the events of the SSR Ring Madonna ever took place, at least we have the grisly legend to keep us awake at night. I feel like it's not, you know, untruthful because especially if the CIA commented on it, like, they just don't go around sharing their thoughts on things that may or may not be true. That's true. Well, if you have listened to the podcast, they're pretty secretive. Yeah. So, like, why are you just going to come out and talk about this, of all things? It. it so their corpses were str- strewn all out or were, were just all over the ship bed. Yeah. And these weird grimaces and their eyes were peeled. That is some, like, nasty shit. That's some planned... Right. So this sounds like a serial killer to me. Yeah. Sounds like somebody went crazy and killed everyone. Yeah, especially, like, I mean, it obviously seems like they've been staged. Yeah. So it's gotta be either maybe one of the, you know, maybe one of the semen went crazy or... Whatever, but like it doesn't seem like something you would just think up, you know. It it seems like something you would plan, and you'd I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's like a fake story. Maybe it has fake elements to it, but the fact that there's so many details that are documented surrounding it, like how it was towed, and you know all this stuff Mm -hmm. that there's evidence that things happened associated with it. It's just like, well, I don't think it's completely untrue, but maybe there are elements that aren't necessarily real to it like the expression on the faces and and all of that because i mean all of that evidence did go down with the explosion so maybe maybe something did you say why it was exploded uh yes because there was the line cut when it was being towed um and an explosion happened and everything sank okay yeah so i wonder if that was tampered with i wonder if i don't know it's it's why would why like wouldn't there be some explanation like backstory context of these people and why like if what was on board you know what was being transported all of mm-hmm. this stuff so i don't know if there was a reason to you know make that whole thing disappear especially since the you know it's really fishy that the cia is commenting on it because like this doesn't really matter are you really concerned about the state of the ocean and how people go crazy like you're just starting conspiracy theories like it's almost like you want them to happen who are you well, trying to I kill mean, off? i feel like the cia does that yeah they, they want this shit to happen yeah i don't they're just like fucking the cia is the central fuckery agency <laughs> <laughs> they just fuck with everyone 
They do. <laughs> they really, and they put on some, like, lame experiment. I'm sorry, but, like, they're just, to me, they're not needed. No, they don't seem necessary at all. I feel like the FBI no. cuts it real, real well. Yeah, I mean, they could have, like, a small section of the FBI to do things in other countries. Yeah, and it's this you know, sought-after position. It's like, ooh, the CIA. But it's like, okay, what do you really do when you get in there? And you can't talk about it? You kidding me? No, you can't talk about like, it. Like, hello? But you know what? You can apply online. <laughs> and then, 10 years later, you can disclose what you did. That or you get shot. So, Or you get shot. Or brutally murdered. Like those guys and their grimacing faces. Yeah. Peeled back eyes. It almost seems like a gas leak situation or like a poisoning of some sort, like food, uh, some, you know, I don't know if something random from the ocean got on board somehow or pirates are even uh, a potential cause. Pirates I could definitely see. Right? Um, because I feel like they, they could definitely do something a little bit more planned when it comes to a killing but did they say if anything on board was like stolen or anything nope no details i just want to know more yeah i guess nothing was stolen so that they're just like psychopaths serial killer murderers pirates (laughs) if nothing if i mean if nothing was stolen then pirates can be ruled out right that's true that's true it was the flying dutchman yeah definitely Ah, I'm the flying Dutchman. <laughs> I just think of SpongeBob. That's the only concept I have of the flying Dutchman. I know. That's why I told you you were going to know this one. <laughs> that's why I put it in here because I was like, she's going to like this one. <laughs> okay. Do you have another story? I do. I have many a story. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Hmm. All right. Let's do Leviathan. So most people know the Leviathan from several biblical references. It was known as a gigantic and horrific serpent-like sea monster, a representative of evil in oral Hebrew literature and older Middle Eastern mythology. According to the Book of Enoch, or Nock, the Leviathan was a female sea monster consigned to the oceans while her male counterpart, the behemoth, was assigned to the the wilderness east of Eden. In the book of Psalms from the Bible, the Leviathan is a sea monster with multiple heads. In one version of the Leviathan myth, the creature was an angel serving under the archangel Uriel. When Satan rebelled and challenged authority in heaven, Leviathan joined him and was thus banished from heaven with Satan. He changed into a hideous sea monster whose enormous gaping mouth can serve as the gateway to hell oh hell yeah yeah so that's leviathan i had heard the name leviathan but i didn't i don't know i didn't know anything about it so i was actually really interested to know that it was a mythical creature in the bible i thought that was really interesting yeah i haven't heard of that in the bible me neither me neither but apparently he's uh mentioned also in revelations which thank god i wasn't assigned to read revelations because that scarred a lot of people <laughs> did it yeah um but yeah he was uh apparently he was mentioned in Re- revelations i don't know exactly what is said but you know that entire book of the bible is just really fucked up um, why 
because it's all about um i've never read it so if someone knows more than me please correct me if i'm wrong but it's like the basically what happens when you die or like when the world it's like when the world ends oh okay yeah i read genesis which was the exact opposite yeah genesis is the creation but revelation is in the new testament and it's like what's gonna happen when the world ends interesting interesting yeah Yeah, a lot of people do not like the new testament from what i understand it's uh the old testament people like were ruthless like they were doing everything for god like god would ask them to do one like weird like a really weird thing and they would just do it no questions asked and then revelations was i mean not revelations the new testament is okay because it's it was kind of more it was about jesus i mean jesus is in the new testament and like all of his teachings and like you know all of that but then you get to revelations and you're like "Mm, all y'all were on some hard drugs or some shit because (laughs) it's all about the world ending like basically like an apocalypse i don't know it scarred a lot of people i knew in like whenever i went to christian school um I just heard stories about people being, like, really scarred from that book in the Bible. Yeah, man, this is the foundation of the crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Mm. Speaking of crazy, um, I am out of those stories from the North Sea or, like, just kind of general oceans, and I moved into the Bermuda Triangle. I, I'm so glad I didn't do the Bermuda Triangle. I was going to do, like, I have all my notes from the Bermuda Triangle. I did all my research on the Bermuda Triangle. Nuh-uh. And then, and then, and then I discovered the Devil's Sea. So I did all my research on the Devil's Sea. Then <laughs> I read some ocean, like, myths and legends. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to do that. So I have, like, three pages of, like, different notes. Stop. <laughs> about like three different topics the dedication honestly well i just couldn't decide i was like there's so much there's so much i was surprised too about how into the topic i got yeah all right tell me about it i have just um facts first about it because i did not know a ton about the bermuda triangle you just know that people weird stuff happens there so Mm -hmm. the bermuda triangle is a region of the north atlantic ocean roughly founded by the southeastern coast of the U.S. Bermuda and the islands of the Greater Antilles, like Cuba, Jamaica, Puerto Rico. The exact boundaries of the Bermuda Triangle are not universally agreed upon, and approximations of the total area range between 500,000 and 1,510,000 square miles, which is a ginormous gap. By all approximations, the region has a vaguely triangular shape. So they can agree on one thing. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, the Bermuda Triangle does not appear on any world maps, which I don't... Is that true? I doubt it. I highly doubt that. It's got to be on some world maps. Like, come on, you guys. And the U.S. board... Have they went on the internet? Internet Like, has someone it. has got to... I know. Put that in. Like, you gave me a rough location, but it's not on the map? Okay. Um, and the U.S. board <laughs> on geographic names does not recognize the Bermuda Triangle as an official region of the Atlantic Ocean. So I'm like, maybe that's why. And it's that's just true. Like, yeah. Um, they, they keep like it, a, a lot of the articles that I was reading was like the myth of the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle myth. Yeah. Like, so, but, but it's a real it's thing. Not, though. Yeah. Yeah. So why won't they put it on maps is my question. Probably because everybody has this wrong definition of the Bermuda Triangle. It just you doesn't know? make sense. I feel like, like no one really has their facts right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't be like, let's delve into that a little bit more. They're just like, ah, don't put it on the map. <laughs> We're not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> so although reports of unexplained occurrences in the region date to the mid 19th century, the phrase Bermuda Triangle didn't come into use until 1964, which if you think about it is like yesterday. And the phrase first appeared in print in a pulp magazine article by Vincent Gaddis. He used the phrase to describe a triangular region that has destroyed hundreds of ships and planes without a trace, quote. Um, so I think that's interesting. I, I'm surprised it didn't come about sooner. I know the plane, planes are relatively new, but ships have been around for a long time. And mm-hmm. it, only 1964 is just a wild time for that to first happen. Despite its reputation, the Bermuda Triangle does not have a high incidence of disappearances. Disappearances do not occur with greater frequency in the Bermuda Triangle than in any other comparable region of the Atlantic Ocean, which is a very interesting fact, right? Because, like, you're saying that the disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle versus literally anywhere else in the ocean are the same. So, really, we should just fear the entire fucking ocean. Yeah. Yeah. At least, well, there's so much we don't know about the ocean. So That's why I'm so much. fucking scared of it. <laughs> I was listening to Binchtopia the other day, and this question has come up several times, <laughs> which I think they finally answered it, although I did forget the exact details. But they were like, can you just go and commit crimes in the ocean? Because there's no lines, you know? Like, who owns the ocean? And I think the thing I remember them kind of coming to a close on is that wherever the ship is registered like whatever nation the ship is registered in if those are undefined waters then it's the laws apply to the ship like the ship's nation where it originated yeah that's what i would think really okay i did not come to that conclusion so fast oh i would think that some some uh waters are like you know u.s water you know like they they are claimed So, but others aren't. Apparently there's like this small area in the ocean that's just unclaimed or just undesignated. And they were like, do you just, like all the billionaires in their yachts just roll up and start committing tax fraud? (laughs) I was like, yes. We should go claim it. Yeah. Chew and and swallow ocean. (laughs) Chew and swallow sea. (laughs) Their Bermuda Circle. (laughs) (laughs) So at least two incidents. I'm just going to, sorry, I'm just going to be hiding in the ocean, like sabotaging people's <laughs> ships. You're like, ah, who shot that paper dart oh, at me? Oh, don't worry. It's the Bermuda Circle. <laughs> it's not on any U.S. maps. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's a myth. <laughs> at least two incidents in the region involved U.S. military craft. In March 1918, the Collier, I don't know how, how to say that, USS Cyclops, en route to Baltimore, Maryland from Brazil, disappeared inside the Bermuda Triangle. So I just wanted to touch on that because I do have a story about that, too, if you want to hear the full story. I would love a story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can can go into that for you. So the Bermuda Triangle sustains heavy daily traffic by both sea and air, which I did not realize. And it is one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world. But it's also subject to frequent tropical storms and hurricanes, which that makes sense. It's like surround. It's by a lot of small islands that have a lot of that kind of stuff happen. So, you know, it's just an area where that's very common. So that's probably why all the disappearances happen. The Gulf Stream, a strong ocean current known to cause sharp changes in local weather, passes through the Bermuda Triangle. And that's that's it in my fun facts. And then I'll tell you the story. 
Oh, did you read about how, like, with the Bermuda Triangle... Sorry, I'm circling back. The magnetic energy or something No. Like that? Do you know anything about it? So, vi- vile vortices are areas on the Earth's surface which have naturally occurring anomalies due to the planet's natural electromagnetic fields being stronger in these parts than anywhere else in the world. So a lot of people think that... So there's 12 different vile vortices, and one of them, I guess, is located in the Bermuda Triangle. And I'm trying to find more, but I don't think I took any more notes. But yeah, anyway... Yeah, I forgot about that. If you'd like. I did. That's an important fact to mention about the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. So, this wouldn't be anything about the ocean if I didn't talk about sirens, mermaids, and sea nymphs. Although sirens, mermaids, and sea nymphs are similar mythical creatures, they have distinct differences. Simply put, all three have different origins, shapes, and habitats. Mermaids have a human upper body with a fish tail while sea nymphs may take human form. Sirens were initially thought to have a human head upon the body of a bird. But over time, isn't that wild? Yeah. I never thought, I never knew that. But over time, they began to resemble mermaids. Which I'm like, how did you go from birds to mermaids? Mm, Your story really ain't adding up. I know. I'm like, but apparently when they were originally written about, like the very first... I guess, script or whatever they found about sirens, they were described. And I saw that on many different websites upon my Google search. Um, Nymphs and sirens originate from Greek mythology, while mermaids were first mentioned in Syria. According to myths, sirens lure passing sailors with enchanted songs and drag them to their deaths. They continue to symbolize danger, female temptation, Dangerous female temptation throughout the medieval era and Christian art. While mermaids aren't always evil, they are sometimes associated with disastrous events such as rough storms, shipwrecks, and drownings. Which is weird to me because I don't... When I think mermaid, obviously I think the little mermaid, right? Yeah. So this is fun. I think a lot of um, the Iliad and like Odysseus and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is fun. So in the Hans Christian Andersen's Little Mermaid, published in 1837, I guess this is the original telling of the Little Mermaid, there is no happily ever after. And I wanted to include this because it it was so creepy and weird. Disney always be doing this shit where there really is no happily ever after and they said, but what if we did one? In fact, there's there's very little happiness at all. The young mermaid doesn't lose her voice she loses her tongue oh and after the prince leaves her for another woman she dissolves into the sea foam because she refuses to stab the prince and bathe in his blood (laughs) i'm sorry what so i guess in order for her to keep the prince or gain or regain her voice she had to stab the prince and then bathe in his blood was there a beginning to this (laughs) I mean, I'm sure the full story is online. Wow. And she just let him live. She loved him so much. Is that kind of the idea? I I think so. I think it was like, I can't do that. That's the love of my life. I'll just let him go be happy with this woman as I fade away into the sea foam. Wow, that was super emo. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right. I have two more stories unless you want to. Do you want to? Okay. Let me tell you about the USS Cyclops. Okay. So. A Cyclops? The Cyclops. The disappearance of the USS Cyclops, one of the Navy's biggest fuel ships, our number one listener will love this story because he was in the Navy, um, makes. Perfect. Marks the largest loss of life in history of the U.S. Navy in a single incident. In March 1918, this massive ship set out to sail from Brazil to Baltimore through the Bermuda region, carrying 10,800 tons of manganese ore with about 309 crew members on board. Setting off on a fairly good day, the ship's first and only message indicated no sort of troubles. However, the ship was never heard from again. An entire search of the air was put into action, but nothing was ever found. No remains of the ship or any crew members aboard have ever been found. The captain of the USS Cyclops never sent a distress signal, and no one aboard responded to radio calls from other vessels in the vicinity. The naval investigators also failed to find a definite cause for its disappearance, though there were a number of theories suggesting various reasons. Due to its mysterious disappearance, Cyclops has become part of the list of more than 100 ships and planes to have vanished under strange circumstances in the Bermuda Triangle. Just crazy. Aliens. Aliens. That's one of the theories, of course. Or... It could be the Leviathan. It could be the gates of hell in the mouth herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so creepy. It's just weird that it was a Navy a navy vessel that got lost, of all things. Like, the things that creep me out the most, I think, is, like, these stories that these ships or these airplanes or whatever go missing without a trace. Like, Amelia Earhart, her story freaks me the fuck out. Like, how do you just disappear? Yeah, no, I, I, that one really stumps me. Like, I just, I don't know, like, what happens? Like, what how do happened? you just disappear in thin air? Yeah. Like, it's almost like somebody just picked them up out of the water and took them somewhere. Yeah, that's wild. That's where I'm like, hmm, you know, the Sims theory. <laughs> the Sims theory? What's that? Oh, you know, like, everybody's a Sim oh, and we're being played. We're being played. <laughs> like, I, that's when that really comes in, in, in for me. This one was really exciting to me because it's a Scotland legend. And if you know me, then you know Scotland is my favorite place. I would like to live there. This is true. Anyways, so Selkies are one of the most notable mythical creatures to appear in Scottish and Irish legends. In the legend of the Selkies... They are also called seal folk, which are mythological creatures capable of transforming from seal form to human form by shedding their skin. Most tales involve selkies being forced into relationships with people who stole and hid their seal skin. You know what's really funny when I was reading this? I was thinking about, have you seen Disenchantment? Yeah. The animated show? Mm Mm-hmm. There is an, a couple episodes where her dad meets a Selkie, oh. except she's a bear woman, and basically he loves her, like he falls in love with her, and he hides her bear skin he so that she it. will stay. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I was like, that's so interesting. I was learning about this even when I didn't know. The writers of that show, I swear. Oh, my God. Amazing. They're amazing. Anyway, so... One famous legend in Scottish folklore told the story of a man, of course, it's a fucking man, (laughs) who found a naked female selkie on the seashore. He found Sally on the seashore. (laughs) 
<laughs> selling seashells? Was she selling them? <laughs> she was naked and selling seashells. Just so Sally. <laughs> so Sally the Selkie. <laughs> Get her in her seal skin. <laughs> Little Selkie Sally. <laughs> selling seashells by the seashore. <laughs> he then stole her seal skin and compelled her to marry him. While captive, she longed to return to the deep blue sea and repeatedly gazed at the ocean. From that point onward, the story varies from pal from place sorry, the story varies from place to place. Some say that the Selkie eventually found her seal skin, while others say that one of her children happened to stumble upon it. In any case, she once she found her skin, she then returned to her true home, the ocean. While most stories feature female selkies, there are also stories of male selkies with ha- handsome human forms and seductive powers. Of course, Ooh. it's a fucking man. <laughs> I at least have are, has seductive powers and not oppressive powers. That's true. Um, seductive powers that are irresistible to mortal women. Legend has it that... Male selkies tend to seek young women who are unsatisfied with their lives. If the woman desires said selkie, she then goes on to shed seven tears into the ocean. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. You don't hear about that kind of thing a lot because it's always about the sirens who are supposedly manipulating people with their voices. Like, they just sound angelic. Leave them alone. Like, if you love it so much, then that sounds like a you problem. But it's, you don't hear about the tables being turned with men in that way. Also, like, you don't hear about, you know, the mythical creature being the one that's being taken advantage of. Yes. Yeah, that was super interesting. I mean, obviously, like, people are like, oh, well, you know, they want to capture aliens and then do experiments on them. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about, like, different legends that... It's not the the mythical being that is the problem. It's the human being. Yeah. Yeah, they're like lessons to be learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I really like... I loved that one. Yeah, I really like that. I'm going to remember that one forever. Yeah. I had never heard of them before. I had heard of them only by disenchantment. And whenever I was reading it, I was like, oh my god, this sounds exactly like that episode of disenchantment i love when shows are coded with mythology like that me too me too that show has a lot of that kind of stuff it really does that's why it's so good yeah okay barry is on my lap and we're having a moment um wow just us ghouls with our kitties okay so i have a story called ellen austin it is an unnerving triangle mystery associated with the American white oak schooner Ellen Austin. In 1881, the 210 feet long Ellen Austin was going to New York from London when she stumbled upon a derelict near the Bermuda Triangle. Everything seemed fine with the unidentified schooner drifting just north of the Sargasso Sea, but the missing crew. Captain Baker of the Ellen Austin asked to observe the derelict for two days to make sure it's not a trap. After two days with no response from the ship, the captain entered the abandoned vessel with his crew to find the well-packed shipment and no sign of the crew. To tow it back with Ellen Austin, the captain placed a prize crew on the ship set to sail together. However, after two days of sail on calm waters, a squall separated the path of the two ships, following which the derelict vanished. Dun-dun-dun! Days after the storm, according to the stories, Captain Baker's lookout could spot the vessel through his (laughs) spyglass— through my spyglass— (laughs) only to realize the vessel drifting far away aimlessly once again. Finally, after hours of effort, Ellen Austin could catch up with the vessel. 
but strangely, no one was on board. However, another version of the story suggests a second attempt by Baker to bring her back to land, but ended with the same fate before Ellen Austin before abandoning the cursed vessel. Other reports suggest that the derelict was once more spotted, but this time had a separate crew than the prize crew placed on it by Ellen Austin. The ship's disappearance, reappearance, and the prize crew's absence is an intriguing story. It is more like a secret of the Bermuda Triangle, one that has seemingly no chances of being unraveled anytime soon. Sounds like a bunch of people who had different sources and put their information together and created one story. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, interesting. I'm not sure. It is interesting that it appeared and then disappeared and then reappeared. Yeah. I'm like, what really happened there, guys? Yeah. All right. The very last story that I have is about the lost city of Atlantis. I would love to do more research on Atlantis, but there really isn't that much. Really? Yeah. Oh. So it's brought up. It was brought up by Plato in one of his little books or whatever. Um, he first mentioned Atlantis, but that's not what's in my story. So the lost <laughs> city of I just wanted to include that. <laughs> The lost city of Atlantis has long been an engrossing mystery and the subject of much public speculation, conjecture, and wonder. According to legend, Atlantis was populated by an advanced society which perished after the island's subcontinent was submerged beneath waters of the Atlantic Ocean, somewhere past the pillars of Hercules. Assumed to be the Strait of Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the name Atlantis is derived from the ancient Greek term for island of Atlas. Um, Atlantis was mythologized to have been founded by Poseidon, the Greek god of the seas. He made his son Atlas the king and named the city after him, as well as the ocean around it, hence the Atlantic Ocean. The fabled city, which supposedly occupied a sizable landmass, was inhabited by a civilization that routinely waged wars against those neighboring communities occupying the eastern areas skirting the Mediterranean Sea. Because the gods grew increasingly unhappy with the vanity, greed, and corruption dominating the society of Atlantis, legend has it that 9,000 years ago, in an effort led by Zeus, the Greek gods sunk Atlantis as punishment for its aggression, hubris, and misbehavior. Sounds like a place I want to go. <laughs> Apparently, they were super, like, techno technological savvy and very much out of very much ahead of the game really you know what it reminds me of is ancient egypt oh yeah it does it's like the arid desert versus the underwater mystery yeah, yeah right. ancient egypt has a lot of reality twined in there which is yeah. pretty interesting the fact that like ancient egypt is real is really saying something about humanity and how that sticks out so much right um, i'm just saying it again aliens look i wouldn't be surprised if there's some underwater ancient abandoned city because i'm just still waiting for florida to sink into the ocean <laughs> well i mean i always really i kind of believe that there has to be something i mean this can't just be like something made up like all over the internet people are like oh it was just play-doh you know and i'm like fucking play but it seems plausible to me it seems like ruins could sink into the ocean like there are natural disasters all the time yeah also um around the dead sea waters that i was reading about 
Um, they would have islands like appear and disappear all the time. And it was because they thought that like the Chinese myth was that there were dragons underneath the water. What? That's cool. Yeah. But you know, volcanoes can erupt underwater. Yeah. So, I mean, it would not surprise me if there was a land there and then not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it could be possible. I just don't think anybody's really researching it. Yeah. Or it's just an urban legend. I don't know. I think that if it hasn't already happened, it's going to happen. Like, we've already predicted that parts of the U.S. are going to be sinking into the ocean sometime soon. So. (laughs) Yeah. Well, global climate change. Global climate change. It's all a myth. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. We'll just put some Windex on it. (laughs) Swallow some bleach and move on. Exactly. (laughs) Chew that bleach first, so don't forget, kids. Chew and swallow. Chew it and then swallow it. Or swallow, then chew. However your body works. That would be the sea madness version. (laughs) But nobody eat Parker. Please stop eating Parker. He didn't do anything. Really, though. (laughs) That's going to stick with me. I swear to God, every time I get on a boat, I'm be like, look, we're deciding now who gets eaten first because it's not me. No, absolutely not. <laughs> couldn't. I could not well, do it. I would rather I would rather kill myself. Yeah, no, truly. Also, go watch that movie. Tell me what you think. It's ex- but like viewer beware. It's extremely disturbing. If you don't like psychological horror, then you probably wouldn't like it. It freaked me out and i'm pretty into that stuff but this one really messed me up i'm so excited i love that kind of stuff like i'm still thinking about it like i will probably never watch that movie again i i'm (laughs) glad i watched it like it's not like something i regret watching but it's not something that i want to watch again wow it really fucked you up it's very like i'm very uncomfortable just thinking about it What's the theme of it? Like like life and death? Um, uh, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to give it away. Okay, don't give it away. And like there, like mo- I can't really tell you anything without giving it away. Seriously? Oh my God. What's um, the setting? Is there a setting you can tell me? Yeah, so it's in the UK. A um, couple of kids and they call it college, but you know, it's high school. Um, and one of... It surrounds this kid who's, like, super awkward and, like, he's really quiet, but he wants to be friends with this, like, popular guy. And so he becomes friends with this popular guy, and then this popular guy invites him to come stay at his house for the summer. So he comes and he stays at the house, and that's all I can tell you. Ooh, that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, Just beware. There's a lot of um, coitus. Okay. And um, yeah, there's a lot of intercourse, but um, it's very disturbing. Wow. Well, at least it's not gory. As long as people's heads aren't getting chopped off, like no. Game of Thrones. No, it's very much like psychological horror. Okay, I'm interested. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, if you're not already following us on Instagram and TikTok, go check us out. It's at Chew and Swallow the Podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. 
And then also, if you would like to donate, please check out our PayPal. It's www.paypal.com slash paypalme slash chew and swallow. Um, yeah, but that was our ocean, our ocean voyage. Voyage. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Aye, aye, Captain. Thank you for All listening. Right. See you later. <laughs> 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 okay. Bye. Bye.